Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. You can be seated today. What a privilege to feel such an unhindered flow of the presence of God. And if there is anything that we are striving for as a church, it would certainly be for the presence of the Lord to be in our midst and there to be no resistance, amen, for the power of God to just be able to move in whatever way. And if that is through a powerful demonstration of praise and worship or if it is a demonstration of brokenness through tears and sorrow, repentance, we just want to make sure every time we come to the house of God that his spirit is here, his presence is here, and that we have moved everything out of the way, as much out of the way as we possibly can to let his anointing and his authority touch our lives. Amen. It's a wonderful day in the house of God. Um, We did not, we're not able to have service on Wednesday, Wednesday night, which was not certainly our plan in the very first service of 2018, but, um, I appreciate your understanding in that regard. We're thankful to be here today. We're so honored to have, um, I don't want to call them guests, but we're so honored to have Sister Barbara Welch and the Corins here today. Amen. God bless them. God bless them today. Amen. They, uh, sometimes when, when people are, face with such um, health situations in their life, um, it disconnects them from the ability to be in a regular worship service and you never know how much something means to you until it is taken from you. And so we just want to certainly pray and lift up those that are uh, going through seasons of that in their life. This morning, our Bible lesson in our adult class was on seasons of new beginnings, and um, this is not only the beginning of the new year, and of course for us under the circumstances, the very first service of 2018, but it is also a season of new beginnings for us as a church. We have made just a few adjustments along the way, and uh, only in an effort to just better what we're doing, and um, I would rather look hard at what we are doing than to not care about it and just kind of let things blow in the wind. It's a season of new beginnings. Uh, I hope this is all right. I didn't get permission to do this next part before church. I, I really did mean to, but I think it'll be okay. Um, a few weeks ago, Brother Alan Everett Sr. called me and uh, had been praying about he and Sister Melinda something for a long time. And... Um, Brother Allen, as you noticed, today is not on the platform. He has not been sat down. He didn't rob a bank. 
none of those things. And uh, but um, just feels like it is time for a little bit of a change, transition in his life. As far as being on the platform every service, we have not heard the last of him. I will assure you of that. He will remain involved in our outreach services and all of those kind of things. But I am. Uh, just want to say, Brother Allen, on behalf of our entire church family, we appreciate all that you have done through the years. I'm not sure how that started. That's fine. Praise God. Amen. Brother Alan Everett is probably one of the most unassuming individuals that you could meet on the planet. I've heard him say many times, I may not have this word just right, but I've, I got the gist of what he's meant through the years. He said, I'm probably as common of a man as common can be. And um, there's nothing wrong with common. Yeah. Nothing wrong with common. He has brought a strength to our church musically and and uh, we appreciate that. And again, I'm, he's, he's, it's not, his banjo's not for sale. And uh, he's not going anywhere. Nothing's wrong. But um, I, do, I can respect and understand that. I talked to him at that same time. I said that my wife had crossed a similar bridge many years ago. And uh, so that's an understanding thing, and we appreciate that. But um, I think he said over 30-some-odd years of, uh, that's a lot of offerings. Amen. He's he's kind of been the featured music during our offerings for many many years, and uh, we appreciate that very very much. Um, le- uh, early uh, early on in the spring of last year, Sister Jane Newburn contacted me. She has worked alongside me as a, a secretary for neither one of us can remember how long, <laughs> and uh, but it's been a long time, and she felt that it was a season of change in her life and that. We probably need to make some changes. I had, she had hinted about that for several years, but when things are going well, I just kind of use that selective hearing button and uh, and just tried to ignore that as long as possible. And uh, but she just felt like that it was time, and uh, she was very kind and said, "I don't want you to assume this is a two-week notice kind of thing." I know that you want to pray and ask God for direction about who would kind of step in and fulfill that place. I certainly did want to do that, and I wanted to leave God room to work that out as well and not just a decision made by some uh, just something as frail as humanity. And, and the Lord just began to put a lot of pieces together, and uh, my wife and I prayed and fasted, and I'm being very serious about that, and asking God for direction. And you know, when... The Lord is in something. It just has a way of coming together and uh, not just just seamlessly coming together. And uh, we felt led a lot of extenuating circumstances uh, that could be filled in right here that's not really probably necessary, wouldn't even be of interest to you. But uh, we felt very led of the Lord to ask Sister Amy Osborne to step into that role and... Uh, I appreciate that. It's been kind of a transition period for the last couple of months. A lot of things to learn for her. And um, I received a a text message when we were out of town several weeks into this transition. 
we were out of town, I received a text message from Sister Jane that said, if you have any doubts that you made the right decision, you can rest, you can rest. And uh, so I appreciate that and I appreciate that vote of confidence. And I wanna say to Sister Jane publicly, I've said this privately, but I thank her for the years of service to, uh, we've had a great working relationship and um, she has been a very trustworthy individual and that's what you need in a position like that. And uh, we appreciate that. And uh, when we sat down with Brother Chris and Sister Amy and uh, began to present to them what we had in mind, the Lord had already been working on the other end. And uh, so that's how God does it. And so we appreciate that. And there was no presumption on their part, let me be clear, no presumption on their part about anything of that nature. But Sister Amy had been praying to be more involved in this aspect of the church. And so God was working on both ends and we appreciate that. And so I appreciate her. And so as we move forward, you'll be hearing her name called, uh, maybe pointing you to her instead of in times past it pointed you to Sister Jane. But Sister Jane, thank you for your years of loyalty and service. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, they're not going anywhere either. Just, just change. Seasons of new beginnings. Change. And um, in the history and the course of any church and its ministries, there should be always a desire on the part of our leadership to some degree to be working ourselves out of a job. In other words, to be planting seed behind us. The, Paul said to Timothy, the word that has been committed to you, commit that now into the hands of someone else. Commission them and let them run with the baton. Elisha asked, and even admittedly so, Elijah agreed when he said, I would like a double portion of your spirit. Elijah said, and that was ask a hard thing. He'd ask a hard thing. But when you study the lives and the ministries, certainly in retrospect, we do see that Elijah had, Elijah had seven major miracles in his ministry and Elijah had 14. So indeed, God did answer the desire of Elijah's heart right down to major miracles in his life. And so I believe that as we move forward as a church and begin to pull people behind us and plant in them a desire to carry on things, that we're gonna see seasons of transition. Several months ago, 17, 2017 was a rough year for me. Several months ago, I sat down with Sister Rayleigh and Sister Rayleigh began to express the same thing we're talking about here today. She said, I've been uh, working in this capacity for a long time and I just, she's not angry or none of the above, but just feels like it's time to step aside and, uh, and let someone else take this baton and run with that. So I asked her in that meeting uh, who she had in mind and she mentioned someone that I felt like was capable of doing that. And so we just devised a plan to do a 
smooth transition over the last several weeks of 2017, maybe a couple of months or so, maybe. And um, in the course of all of that, I met with, if not all, most of our department directors about various things. In the course of meeting with our children's ministry and Sunday school directors, Brother Darrell and Sister Amy Townsend, they expressed the same thing. And so I just realized that God was taking us through a season of change, a season of change. And um, so I asked them, I'm summarizing several gatherings and long meetings, and you can thank me for that later, but I asked them who they felt like would be capable of following them. And I was not surprised whenever they mentioned the same name that Sister Rayleigh had mentioned. So we knew that that would mean that one person would not just try to bear the load of multiple departments, but that we would devise a team of people that would simply serve under her leadership. The name that Sister Rayleigh and Brother Darrell and Sister Amy mentioned was Sister Jerrica Berg. And um, I feel that the Lord is going to give her the strength and uh, the anointing that she needs on her life. We have watched Jerrica grow up. We've watched her stand up and we've watched her fall down. We've watched her high and we've watched her low. We've seen her at her best, sometimes at her worst. But the thing that I admire about her and many others is that when we fall, we fall forward. And if you fall, fall forward. And I'm thankful for um, her willingness to step into these roles. And um, today we want to be pretty strategic in what we're about to do because Sister Rayleigh, um, I, don't, I'm, I don't want anybody to get uncomfortable about all of this, but... Uh, Sister Rayleigh, we were texting earlier and um, I asked her when she began to, to oversee children's church in Hatchbin Apostolic Church. And so she said, well, she said Everett Bird was a junior in high school. And um, so I started looking up some information and I, and I, <laughs> I said, um, you know he'll be 46 this month, right? And uh, I kind of got back a wow. <laughs> wow, time marches on. Daryl and Amy had not been married very long at all whenever I asked them if they would oversee our Sunday school department now referred to as children's ministry, but our Sunday school department. And I never will forget that meeting because as we sat down, I'd, I'd asked them ahead of time if we could talk. And uh, that night when we sat down and I began to kind of express my thoughts and ideas, Amy looked at Daryl and I heard her say something without hearing her say something. And I said, what did you say? And she said, I told you this is what he wanted. So God was working on both ends. And I'm always thankful when the Lord helps us in situations like that. Because when you're making decisions that are going to affect your children and ours and certainly affect our future, I sure like the cohesiveness of knowing that God is working on the other end of all of this. And so I, I, have, asked, um, I have asked 
the Townsends ever how they want to handle that and uh, Sister Rayleigh to come and, and speak and, and let me say that I didn't coerce them into that. They wanted to do this as well. But I want to let you know what we're going to do here in just a few moments but I want them to share whatever is on their heart and then I ask them for them, the three of them and those that work with them to lay hands on Jerrica and ask God to touch her and strengthen her. And um, one thing that I've found consistent in both of them as they began to talk about placing this in, their, in her hands was that both of them said, and we vow to support you. We're gonna stand behind you. We're gonna be with you. And I appreciate that. Amen. God bless you. I'm gonna ask Brother Darrell to come if you will. Now, it's not a sad day. Okay? It's just a season of change. Amen. We're moving to positive direction. We're going to have a party at the Townsend House afterwards, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> but uh, Amy and I, it's hard to believe that when you think, put it in perspective, when we took over, we'd been married less than a year. I was 21 and she was 18. We have kids in senior class that are 18. That's crazy, huh? Another thing, Sarah, Sister Sarah was still in the senior class when we took over. Jerrica, Taylor, Josh, Aaron, Britton Braxton were all in the junior class. JT, all the cousins. Chris Bias was still in Sunday school. He would have been probably in the Conquer Age class. That's, I mean, it's 13 years, a lot can happen in 13 years. Now, I remember when I started dating Amy, we would go on youth events and Brother Everett and Sister Cricket were there and by default, Jerrica was there. She went to everything, whether she wanted to or not. I mean, she was there. I mean, I remember it. She And, and by default, growing up, she was always at church early. You know, if Brother Boyd needed something done, I, I don't remember how, how young she was, but she would be young and she would be over there collating papers and stapling them. I mean, he went to her because he knew it would get done. And as things progressed, I mean, it just continued on. You know, it went from collating papers to a little bit more. She'd be doing stuff on the computer. And you'd be showing up and she'd be doing something for him in his office. Or It didn't matter what you asked her to do, it would get done. And I just, I, I don't really have a, mem a memory and youth or Sunday school that Jerrica's not in it. You know, I, being, I remember her over here, she wanted to be a gymnast or something. Do y'all remember that? And I remember Jerrica turning flips right here in the front of the church. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it looked like it hurt, but <laughs> that's what she wanted to do. But uh, I've, Amy and I have got to watch her grow up, and I'm... I'm thankful for that. I've got a lot of memories of her. And a lot of a lot of people in this church, a lot of young people. It's a privilege. We get to see stuff and hear stuff we don't always want to hear in Sunday school working with kids, but it's a it's been a blessing and is a blessing. All that, growing up, I've known that Jerrica had something special. I knew she had a gift, a calling to work 
in the kingdom. Back then I didn't know exactly what it was. And this may not be her forever calling. But I believe it is a stepping stone. I've been seeing it since she started teaching Sunday school several years ago, helping. She's an awesome helper. But she'd come to Sunday school. Her and Destiny started teaching a class about two years ago. And she'd come to come to Sunday school with a schedule, like something like this. And that's how her Sunday school would be laid out. She started working with Children's Church. She had it formatted. You know, she had it laid out. The organization stuff is something that I don't have. My wife has it. I don't. It's not something that can be taught. <laughs> and you can't be made to be that way. It's just, can you, Sister Joy? she's showing off with a computer and by the way she was supposed to go first but somehow she pulled rank whenever brother Boyd found out that she'd been here since brother Everett was a junior she go oh, you get you get second you can go second so just because they say ladies first and elders go first that's what I was trying to pull on the phone last night but she wouldn't have it so she went around but But in this season, there are going to be changes. Things are going to be done differently. Just by default, we're Amy, kind of, Amy and I were talking to the Autrys about a year ago. Even in their church, they, they phased out because they were, and they're cooler than us, but they're no long, they were no longer the cool kids. You know, they couldn't reach and do what they once could do. They had, there came a time where it was time for them to step down and move on in their life and ministry and there were changes made in their church and I just want everybody as parents and teachers to keep that in mind things aren't going to be done the way we Amy and I did them that's that's not a bad thing it's a good thing you know it's going to be a good change it's going to be a good year and I'm thankful for that when Amy and I were talking about it, you know, you think, well, who is there? Who is there? And you think about it and you pray about it and you think about somebody and you just don't have a good feeling. I'm not saying that they're they're not a bad person. You just, just, I guess, even you get that way working, trying to get teachers and whatever, and you just get somebody and you have all the knots go away on your stomach. The knots, this, you just get a good feeling. You get peace. And every time... I thought about Jericho, I got a peace when I thought about Jericho with my children. I didn't, when I took it, I had no clue what it was like to be a parent. I had no clue what people were entrusting me with as, the, as their children, you know. And I feel, looking back now, I, I can't describe what it was like to be entrusted with other people's children. Just as a spiritual standpoint, just as a guardian, just looking over as a protector, sitting in the hallway, making sure they didn't run out in the traffic or like we have a lot of traffic, but just, and I don't even know how to describe it, but just thinking the peace that I have of Brother Boyd being my pastor that's the peace that I have when I think about my boys being under Sister Jerica in Sunday school. I want to just, I want to thank you. 
I know you're going to do great. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to support you. Even if it's not the way I do it, I'm there. You may hurt my feelings. I, I pray you don't, but you may hurt my feelings. But that's good. I'm a big boy. I just want you to know that if you need something, Sister Amy and I are there. If you need us to wash your car or vacuum the floor, Sister Amy would be more than happy to help you. <laughs> but, but, uh, all sin- sincerity, uh, teachers, it's a season to change. You know, I believe Sister Jerrica is going to lead us, lead y'all, us, whatever my capacity will ever be in this. I don't know what my future holds right now. But I, I believe as a church and as teachers and parents that we need to stand behind her because what she's going to do as a leader of Sunday school and, and now children's ministry together, I believe is going to be of God. And I believe I'm going, I know I'm going to support her. And I'm going to ask that y'all stand behind her. If she asks you to do something, I'm going to ask that you do it the best to your ability. Because this is what I believe we need. Jerrica, I love you. And I appreciate you. I do have to type mine out um, because I, it's such a, um, children's ministry is all I've ever done since I've been here. If you combine Sunday school, Christian school, and children's ministry, for 38 years, that's all I've ever done in this church is work with the babies. And so I'm ready to pass it to the next one. I know she's going to do great things and take them farther than I could ever imagine. And that's what I want. I want to, when I look back, that they're way farther than I could have got them. You know, but at the same time, it's been my heartbeat for 38 years. And it will continue to be my heartbeat, only I will be supporting now, which is going to be kind of nice. Okay. So our children's ministry has been through so many changes. The first time I had a class was in the fall. I wanted to do a hayride with games, food, and a Bible lesson. So I got Brother Everett Bird and Brother Jason Bird to help me along with a few adults. They were in school, and they agreed to hide somewhere and jump out at just the right time. So it went so well that we began to try and meet once a month to just enjoy our time together and share about the goodness of God. This, over time, grew into two separate groups, children and youth, I was still trying to do both with the help of Sister Suzanne Ward. Time went on, and we needed a distinct separation of the two. So along came Brother and Sister Harden, who took on the youth. They then were under the ministry of Brother and Sister Bird, and now they're under Brother and Sister Boyd. The children's ministry, in the meanwhile, had grew into three classes, like nursery, younger, and older children. Sometimes we could combine because of the small numbers, and other times we'd be so many we'd have to divide into three and four groups. It was and is always changing. 
We've come through flannel boards, projectors, VHS, VCR, CDs. Also, we have come through the God Squad, which was a group of kids. When church was, um, when we had altar call, this group of kids, if you didn't make a move somehow, this group of kids were on you praying for you. I don't care who you were, where you were sitting. If you didn't move, they were on you. They were the God Squad. It's also been through a, a singing group, the Solid Rock Trio. Well, amazing little group. Jerry was in it, and Larry was in it, and I believe Ray was in it. And they would come and sing before the church, and lots of times during chapel they would sing. But what impressed me about these groups were there was no embarrassment They knew who they believed in, and they wanted you to know too. They weren't embarrassed to get up here and sing about him in front of you. They weren't embarrassed to get out and worship in front of you. They weren't embarrassed. They were comfortable. They knew who they were. They knew who they served. They knew who the people in the congregation were, and they served the Lord. Um, We have gone from Sister Suzanne and I loading as many kids as we could into our cars to take them to camp to we have a van now that carries them to camp. If I'm not mistaken, I believe we're about out of the van as well. We're going to have to be more creative. Through all of those changes, there are some things that have never changed. The apostolic doctrine and the apostolic life. Our children know what to do to be saved. In the Old Testament, there were 613 commandments. Let me slide my little screen down a little bit. Of all 613 commandments given, the parents were to understand that he was one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. God said at the very beginning they were to take this revelation and teach it diligently to their children because this is what would separate them from other nations. Proverbs 22 and 6 states, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Train up in Hebrew means to dedicate. So it could be interpreted this way. Dedicate the word of the Lord to the child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart. When he is old, that word which has been dedicated to him will never depart from him. The Shema or law was to be recited every day by everybody, adults and children, of who God is. He is one. Deuteronomy 6 and 7 says, Thou shalt teach them diligently. Diligently in Hebrew means to sharpen an instrument. That is what we want our children, to be instruments in God's hands. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children are a gift, and as a children's ministry leader, I've seen how much of a blessing they are every week. I see their pure hearts, them singing sweet songs to Jesus, their little hands raised high, and Jesus' love that shines through them to their friends and leaders. Children's ministry is very important. We get the opportunity to share unconditional love and tools to help grow them for a lifetime. Children are important to Jesus. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. It's made so evident throughout the whole Bible that children are important to Jesus, which means they should be important to us too. 
As Christians, we know to show people Jesus' love, but it's so important to also share that unconditional love with children. In children's ministry, we get the opportunity to love sweet kids every week. Children need a firm foundation. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The time we spend with children at a young age impacts the rest of their lives because the things we are instilled as a child won't be forgotten when they are older. Kids' ministry allows us to pour these core values into children while they are still growing so that when they grow older, they will know these values. As we teach them Bible verses to remember, they are able to recall those later in life in times of turmoil and trouble. Children, our children, are the now generation. We will not hide them, these truths, from our children, showing to the generation to come, the next generation, the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. We often call children the next generation, but children's ministry can equip children to see the calling on their life and make a difference now. I see such bravery and light in the children here in this church. And they go on to share that with the other children in their school and even their parents. This ministry is so important to give children the tools that make a difference now and in the future. And children are the future leaders of the church. As much as this ministry impacts the world now through children, these kids are also the future leaders of the church. The values we instill in them now will spread on for a lifetime and allow them to raise up generation after them as they grow older. These kids could be the next children's ministry leaders. Obviously, I've seen that happen. So it's important to give them a good base for that now. And children need to, to feel God's love. Children's ministry may be the only time a kid truly gets to experience God's unconditional love. It's so important to raise up a generation of children that know their worth in Christ. And know that we are loved and they are loved. We don't know the background of each child we meet, but we get to make an impact on them just by loving them. There are so many reasons children's ministry is important, but even more so, we need to remember how much of a gift and a blessing children are. This ministry is important, but it's also worth it. It is an incredible blessing to see the children grow and to get to love them and lead them in this season of their life. I had a baby just starting school in kindergarten and newborn twins when Jerrica was born. My mother-in-law would come watch the twins on Thursday mornings for me to have a little break and I would go visit Jerrica and her mom at Shands. I've literally known Jerrica all her life. I have invested in her from day one. I didn't know that then that she one day would be the one to receive the baton from me and carry on to even greater things than I've done. I've taught her in Sunday school at different ages and also in children's church. I've also made trips to camp with her and been her dorm mom. She has the desire and the compassion to work with our children. She looks for the games, the songs, the activities, the stories, anything that will keep the kids excited about being together and learning about God. She is young, and she is learning. We all make mistakes in our learning process. Be forgiving of her. Support her. Support her. Support her.
pray for her. She is carrying a burden for your child. She is standing beside you to help you train up your child. Encourage her, love her, pray for her. I have seen so many incredible moments in my time working with the children. To see a child pray is very humbling. To hear a child speak in tongues for the first time is so pure. To see children praying for other children with such passion is indescribable. So many moments like these are coming into your life. In scripture, God always referred to humanity as children. Our goal through teaching the word, through the teaching of the word, is to become sons and daughters of God. So I want to leave you with this video. I've showed it before, but it's been a while. Lots of times, you step out into children's church, and this is possibly what you can see. In the midst of what you may think is confusion, God's word is true. And it has a way of just finding its, it has a way of finding its way right into the corridor of a heart. Amen. We appreciate so very much the, the sacrifices that have been made and, and ministries. And I, I don't want to just belabor this issue, but I um, discussed all of this, what I'm about to say with you, with our leadership. And I think that sometimes we have a better system of getting people involved in ministry than, and we, we lack a real defined exit ramp. And sometimes people don't know how, even when they have kind of felt overwhelmed, they don't know how to step back from something because we haven't provided an easy off-ramp for them to be able to do that without them feeling as, A, they failed in some way or that there's some wrong in their life. But I appreciate more than words can say the spirit that I feel in this auditorium right now to understand we thank those that have, we've, all of those that we have mentioned here today and their service, but I want them to know, and I've made this clear privately and I wanna do it publicly, that our futures, all of our futures are in the hands of God, amen. And so we have no idea where the Lord will lead us, have no idea where the Lord will lead you. And so I would say this to everyone that is in transition right now, don't predefine something in your mind and then let God somehow fail to meet your expectations. Just stay open. And you have no idea a subtle door that the Lord may open that you step through. And when you walk a few paces down that road, what God will turn that into. You have no idea. Through our lifetime and ministry, Sister Boyd and I have transitioned many, many times. And we have walked a few miles uncertain of uncertainty, not knowing exactly what was going to happen. But you see, God had it in control all along and he knew where he was leading us. So I say this from experience. And so your hands, your future is in the hands of the Lord. I came here, the Lord, I believe, sent us here um, this month. As a matter of fact, in just a few days, will be 29 years ago. And... Um, I was 26 years old, and I, I, I um, truly felt like God was 
in everything that was going on at that time. I still feel that way to this day. And so I um, had the privilege to lead people that had been my leaders as a child growing up in this church. And here's something that I watch with my own eyes and experience with my own life. And what I'm about to say applies to many people that are in this building. I watched people follow. They got in the church. They just started following after the leadership of the church. And then in time, God began to gift them and they exercised those giftings and they became leaders in the church. And they led for whatever period of time. And then they followed again. This became very evident to me on one occasion where the Lord just kind of parted the waters and let me see something. And um, I've shared little snippets of this many times through the years, but one day right here in this building, I was talking to Sister O'Neill Bird, who was certainly a part of the church before I was even born. And um, one afternoon after service, one day after service, Sister O'Neill was just being so very kind, and it was not just words. I knew she meant what she said. She said, I just want you to know how thankful I am that you are my pastor and that you are leading me. And my eyes were just opened to the fact that here was a lady who, way before I came along, learned how to follow somebody and then learned how to lead. And then she said, I also remember how to follow and to follow someone. And I appreciate that, and I'm so thankful for that, and I hope that we never lose that element in our church because if we do, we will lose our future. Because I promise you today, churches are nailing their windows shut all across our nation. I'm being serious in some ways, but spiritually in other ways because they simply have no plan for the future because people get possessive about whatever they are doing. Amen, I felt, always felt close enough to Brother Everett to say this. I don't know why I wasn't picking on you, but when he was our youth director, I always would from time to time talk about the fact that, that they always needed to understand that change was coming. We don't need a 70-year-old youth director because their idea would be going to home and going to bed at 7.30. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so <laughs> that sounds kind of appealing. Don't, I'm not even 70. That kind of sounds appealing. <laughs> Kind of sounds appealing right now. But that we always need to be working for the future and I'm thankful, I'm thankful for forward thinking people. You know what, I appreciate their candidness. Amen, they've been very candid and we understand that and appreciate that, that, that they're, they're, they're handing something that's very tender into the hands of someone else. Not, we're not trying to rip this off like a Band-Aid and move forward. We want to be sensitive about that, but I'm thankful for the privilege that, that uh, God has given us. And so now we just raise up new leaders, and, and now the responsibility becomes to you, Jerick, in this particular case, to begin to shape and mold and touch other lives. And as Daryl so aptly said a moment ago, this may not and probably will not be your forever job, but while you are here, let the power and the presence of the Lord use you in a mighty way. I'm gonna ask you to come, Jerrica. I'm gonna ask Brother Daryl, Sister Amy, Sister Rayleigh to come. And um, do we have any particular way we wanna do this? I 
I would like to ask all the current Sunday school teachers to come. And then I want everybody that's ever taught Sunday school to come. Amen. We're going to anoint them, ask our ministers to come. And we're just going to ask Brother and Sister Townsend and Sister Rayleigh, we want you to pray over her. Amen. And I believe in the spirit of impartation. I really do. Amen. I believe that we can just impart into her the strength and the ability. Amen. Let's pray as a church. Would you just reach your faith this way? Amen. Anybody's welcome to come. We ask you today, God, to let the anointing of the Holy Ghost touch Jerica today and those that will be working with her, God. We're asking you right now to let the anointing of the presence of your spirit quicken her mind, prepare her heart, I believe, God, today that you can touch her and indeed as it has already been spoken many times by multiple voices that she can lead beyond where we have ever been before. So I'm asking you today, God, in your kindness and in your mercy, would you let the spirit of the Holy Ghost just go with her, anoint her and strengthen her? I'm asking you today, God, as our, our young people and our children begin to grow up under her leadership, God, that you'll put a connection, that there'll be a bridge, a divine bridge built from their heart to yours and to hers. And I pray today, God, that there will be influence, positive influence, and that she would never, ever yield that influence, Lord, in an, uh, in an, uh, an, an ethical way or an unspiritual way. But always, God, for that influence to be godly, to be holy, and to be righteous. And I ask you today to let the anointing of the Holy Ghost touch her and strengthen her today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Daryl, Sister Amy. And Sister Rayleigh, we have just a token of appreciation. We cannot, could not pay you for what you have done. That's not what ministry is about, and that's not what we're trying to reach for here. But we do want to just say thank you, and uh, God bless the effort. And I just want to feel, I just feel a Holy Ghost charge to tell you, Jericho, that as an influencer, as an influencer, on behalf of every parent in this house, don't ever, ever, ever use your influence for evil. Don't ever use your influence for divisiveness. Don't ever use your influence to lead away. The Pied Piper of Hamlin is an age-old story. What a sad, sad truth is wound up in that myth. But I pray today that we would not become that. If you're going to lead, lead them to God. Lead them in. If you're going to build bridges, don't build bridges to you because they don't need a friend. They don't need a buddy. They don't need a pal. They need a leader. And when parents try to become pals, you've got a train wreck just waiting to happen. And so when leaders become pals, I, have a, I don't have an enemy in this church that I know of, and if I do, don't raise your hand. <laughs> I have an enemy in this church that I know of, but I can't be your pal and your pastor. I have to keep a line of distinction between that, and, and you have to maintain that. Amen. Brother Darrell, Sister Amy, we love you guys so much. Sister Rayleigh, we love y'all so much. Amen. God bless you in this a wonderful day. Amen. We love you so very, very much, and I appreciate 
the word of the Lord that has touched our hearts here today. And I know this has been a little bit of an unorthodox service. That's all right. And uh, come back next Sunday. We'll do something different. <laughs> Amen. May God bless you. Pray for our outreach ministry today. And may the Lord richly bless us as we move forward in Jesus' name. Greet everyone. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.